Luke. Luke. I know what you are getting for Christmas. I felt your presence. who can't resist a little Star Wars joke. <laughs> it's an oldie but a goodie. Thank you very much. Welcome to Woolstag, everybody. It is nearly Christmas. And as such, we're going to be talking a few things Christmassy. We kind of have to, don't we? Because, well, let's face it, at the moment we can't escape it. Um, so I hope everybody's well. I hope everybody's good. I hope everybody is happy. And it ain't that we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. Oh, do you hear me then? Nearly lost my voice a little bit. I am coming to the end of a beautiful little course of antibiotics because I have had a beautiful little chest infection. Yet yeah, that cough that has plagued me for the past few weeks, I finally got to see a doctor and I am loaded with drugs. All the legal kind, thank you very much, over-the-counter prescription. Um... But yeah, it's shocking at the moment. There's so many people coming down with all sorts of things, aren't there? It's, it's awful. Coughing and spluttering and carrying on. Uh, but hey, we get there and that's what our fantastic NHS service is for, isn't it? So big shout out to all the doctors, nurses, practitioners out there that do sterling work. Um, and with that, guys, should we get on with it? And I promise no more cheesy Star Wars dad jokes. <laughs> So I know I might have mentioned this last week, but it's it's absolutely worth mentioning this again. Um, mulled wine. I don't get it. It tastes like cough mixture, like drain cleaner and cough mixture in a bucket with fag ends, bits of old leather, uh, rotten fruit, um, stirred with a pigtail. I don't know. It's... I don't... We're told every year... Right, it's one of those myths of Christmas, isn't it? Right, and Christmas comes and... and You know, like last week we were saying about why don't we have, like, Christmas food, like, all year round? And because we keep them for Christmas because they're special. Can one of the things that gets in the bin be mulled wine? It's not good. We keep telling ourselves it's good. Uh, we, we we buy into this myth that it's good. It's not good. It tastes awful. It like stri- This is my throat. I sound like this now because of mulled wine. I tried it again in the week. I'm absolutely prepared to have my mind changed on mulled wine. 
and and being you know being of, of the you know the sort of person that I am, you know I I will try anything more than once just to just to give it a go just to see if it's okay, but it's not. It really isn't. It tastes like evil. It is it is the devil's juice, uh, and it needs to get in the bin immediately, right? Can we just swap it out for for, for mince pies, right? Yes. Now, had this thing a few weeks back, right? Went to, big fan of rugby, went to a rugby game, my team, uh, executive box, happy days. And for the pudding, they gave us Eccles cakes with cheese on top, right? Not a melted cheese, not like like nacho cheese, right? Literally an Eccles cake with a lump of cheese on top, like a, a mature cheddar. And it was absolutely beautiful. And we were kind of talking about it and figuring it out. It's kind of like that fruit and cheese thing. In the same way you'd have like a, you know, a chutney or a pickle or something like that with cheese. You know, the fruit and the Eccles cake works exactly the same. So we're kind of figuring out that maybe if you can do that with an Eccles cake, right. And and I know you can have cheese and fruit cake. Would mince pie and a wedge of cheddar equally work, right? Give it a go. Give it a go. Let me know. I don't know how you're going to let me know because there's no social media associated with this podcast. So I don't know. If you see me in the street, give me a wave and and give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down depending on on what you think. Because one night, I guarantee you, over Christmas, you'll have had a few drinks and you'll be peckish and the only thing you'll have in your cupboard and your fridge will be the last mince pie and a wedge of cheese that no one has yet eaten. And in that moment, you will recall these words and you'll go, Mr. Wolfiestag, let's get on this. And you'll take those two things in the midst of your alcoholic haze and you'll wedge them together and you'll chow down on it. I reckon it'll be a taste sensation. So I caught the end of I'm a Celebrity this week. It finished last night, so no spoilers for uh, anybody that hasn't seen it yet, but uh, good on Sam that won. <laughs> but you know, do you know what? Sorry. If you haven't if you haven't watched it by the time you're listening to this, what are you doing? It'll be all over social media. This is Tuesday morning, or even later, because you're not listening to this straight away, are you? So don't flip out. Um, yeah, he won it. But here's the thing, right, he seems like a really, really lovely lad, but are we playing a little bit fast and loose with the, with the term celebrity these days? Because I haven't got a Scooby-Doo he is. But this is what I'm finding more and more these days. And I'm wondering whether I'm now officially old. Because the celebrities, I have literally not a clue who they are. And, and musicians and bands, not 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 foggiest. I don't know. They keep, there's like things on TV and they go, on this week's special guest is the Chasing Llamas. And everybody goes wild for them. And I'm like, who are they? I don't know. I don't know. Is it is it getting old? Because I'm not old. I'm not having it that I'm old. Or just do I not care anymore? 
Right, I've got enough music. I think I'm at a point in my life now where I've pretty much got enough music to listen to. And if that means I go back and listen to some older stuff, that's cool. It'll see me through. There's enough Thin Lizzy and ACDC and stuff like that to get me through the day, right? Queen's got dozens and dozens of tracks. Beatles' back catalogue is massive. Uh, granted, I'm not I'm not poo-pooing all modern music. There is some stuff that I absolutely love, but I kind of like I hear it on the radio. Or, oh, oh, I'll tell you the thing I do these days, guys. Do you do this one? Do you sit and sometimes sit and watch a TV show, hear a tune, like it, rewind it, and shazam it at the same time so you can find out what it is, right? So I'll do that. But I feel like I'm having like a lot of music and a, and a lot of stuff sort of like pushed upon me. You should, to be cool these days, you should like this. You should watch this. You should like this. You should follow this. And I'm not having any of it because I've decided that I'm no longer going to be confined by the restrictions of cool and uncool. I did that in my teens and 20s. It didn't work for me then. It's certainly not going to work for me now. So I'm going to I'm going to kick that one into touch. So, so if I'm old, I'm old. I've done with it. It's that time of the week for a rant. And this week's rant might not be something that all of you are familiar with, but it certainly is to me. And what it is, is those people who make YouTube and Instagram videos explaining the end of movies, right? Not spoilers, explaining the end of films. As if somehow they've got some sort of secret insight into the world that we mere mortals don't get. So they pop up a couple of days after a film's release going, Well, for those of you that didn't quite get the end of Titanic, let me explain exactly what happened. The ship filled full of water and sunk to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, you don't say! Really? Do we really need that explaining? Yeah, and and this film, the good guy shot the bad guy because the bad guy was being bad, and that's what good guys do. Oh, thank you for that genius. Oh, it drives me up the wall. Are, are people really so dim these days that they need very basic movies explained to them? Oh, can we explain what happened in Home Alone? The little lad got left in the house all by himself while his family went on holiday. And that is where the title of the film comes from. Because he was home, but he was alone. So there you go, it's explained. Thank me later. Oh, do you know what? Get in the bin. Get in the bin. We're not stupid. We're not thick. And seriously, if you need the ending of films explained to you, you shouldn't be allowed in the cinema in the first place. Go and sit in the corner with a box of Lego. Right? So, I just want to have a serious word now. Um, 
because I've been, yeah, it's all, it's all been fun and, and jokey up to now. Um, but guys, I want to talk to you and, and reach out about Christmas and Christmas pressures. This time of year is tough. You know, it's tough for a lot of people. Um, but the past couple of years have been particularly tough. And when we're in a, a cost of living crisis where prices have gone through the roof, we still seems to seem to be expected to chase a perfect Christmas. And I say perfect in, in inverted commas, bunny rabbit ears. But this idea of perfect is, is very much based on what consumers and merchandisers would have you believe in terms of, you know, buying, buying and spending and giving and, and gifting. Um, and it's too much, but we all feel the pressure to do it. We all feel that to express our love and gratitude, we've got to spend as much money as possible, you know. And if 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 your present isn't bigger than last year's present, then you somehow failed. But you know what? I was I was I was sat with with family recently. And we were talking about this, and with the exception of one or two items, none of us can particularly remember an awful lot of Christmas gifts we've received over the years and it's not we're not being ungrateful we're not being you know we're not being horrible or mean but you know the gifts are lovely at, at the moment and then we kind of move on but what we absolutely all do remember is the time we spend with each other you know sat round a table or sharing drinks sharing laughs you know and just being present you know and we absolutely miss those people that aren't with us anymore, you know, and we wish that they were here. So just try and remember that going forward is is sometimes the best Christmas present you can give to somebody is your time. Your time and and your ear to, to talk into, your shoulder to lean on, you know, just being there for them, just to say, I'm here now and I'll carry on being there for you. And that's enough for me and hopefully that's enough for you. You know, presents are lovely, gifts are lovely, but you don't have to break the bank, you know, to, to show gratitude, do you? You know, I'd rather someone sort of, you know, I'd, I'd rather my loved ones give me a hug than buy me a, a massive present. That that's, that's basically it at the end of the day. You know, and this time of year just seems to be we do seem to be burdened with pressures. No sooner have we got through the Christmas pressure of 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 spending and eating and consuming. You've got to have cupboards full of food and your Christmas dinner's got to be massive and you've got to have tons of drinks in, you know, and it's just binge, 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 consume, consume, consume. And then January comes along and it's a new year, new me, resolutions, all them get trolleyed out and hey, you need to go and buy that that Lycra, that fitness gear and that that, that new gym membership and you've got to get all that uh, new clothes, so go and get all your new clothes when you do all your running because, you know, January comes, you've got to be dry, you've got to be on the diet, so and you've had all your fun in December, no more alcohol, you know, no more chocolate, no more bad food. 
you know, and you've got to hit the gym and you've got to be this new shiny perfect example of who you are. Do you know what? Knock it off. Stop it. You don't need to. You as you are are good enough, right? And if you really, really need to make life changes, do it now. Don't wait for this enforced pressure of January to come along where you need to, you know, you feel like you're pressured into telling everybody what your resolution is. You know, you set all these expectations and ultimately you're doomed to fail because you're doing it not because you want to do it. You're doing it because you feel like you have to or you're somehow pressured into it. Okay, so for this year, put you first. Okay, just be there for other people. Have your connections, have your family, have your socializing, be there for each other, and then just go into the new year being the brilliant you that you probably already are. And trust me, everybody, I think most people will say that's absolutely enough. Let me tell you this, you'll love this. I was recently speaking to a group of students that do a lot of work around cyber safety and you know being safe online and technology and how it's sometimes really difficult to keep a tab on what's going on with technology because it moves so fast. It really does. It's 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 beyond our comprehension how quickly technology advances. And with that in mind, I was saying to this group of students that, you know, with it being like nearly Christmas, uh, they were probably going to be expecting new devices. Phones, tablets, laptops, gaming machines. And it made me think of one of the earliest Christmas presents I suppose I got. Well, not earliest really, but it it was quite a moment for me. It was quite a pivotal moment because it was my first ever computer. Which I'm guessing would have been round about 1980, 1981. And it was a Commodore VIC-20 computer. Now, the brand Commodore has, has long since gone. Uh, for the, There might be some of you out there old enough to remember the Commodore 64 and the Amiga computer, which I had all of those. Absolutely loved them. Um, I was I was I suppose back then a little bit of a gamer, not so much now. I can't I can't do it. I can't do, I can't I can't do the PlayStation and Xbox things. I don't know whether it's kind of like a coordination thing with me. I was quite happy using an old-fashioned joystick back in the day on the computer. I'm I'm fine with that and moving my little football around the screen playing sensible soccer. Andy, are you listening? Do you remember the times when we played sensible soccer and I figured out? That if if you kicked off, if you run to the edge of the circle, turned and volleyed, you could score every single time. And I remember you throwing your joystick across the room. <laughs> Michael, you stop doing that. Yeah, right. That was that was proper gaming back then. You know, we played like Dungeons and Dragons and Pac-Man and stuff like that, and it was cool. I've tried doing things like Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. I can't do it. I'm 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 rubbish. I'm there's too much. There's too much to remember. There's too many controls. I can't do like stealthy walking or anything like that. It just leaves me nonplussed. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, 
gaming kind of peaked with Football Manager, of which I'm still a massive fan. Um, as you know, I've not spoken about Football Manager have I, for a little while. Managing Liverpool, 12 years in charge, 12 titles, so many Champions Leagues, so many FA Cups, so many League Cups. I am brilliant. If ever the actual job comes up, I'm, I'm applying for it with my Football Manager resume. Anyway, I digress. So, my first computer was this Commodore VIC-20. A totally basic machine, a totally basic system. And literally basic, that was the, pro- that was the name, the programming language. Um, that, that's, that's how you... Uh, to the point where, and certainly when I got to the, to the Commodore 64, there used to be a magazine that came out um, monthly, right? And in this magazine... There was there was games not on a not on a cassette not on a disc or anything like that. It was actually the code for it was written in the magazine, and you had to sit and type the code into your computer and then hit run at the end and then you've got the game. It would it would work, and some of these it would take oh it would take weeks and weeks and weeks to do it. It certainly felt like to me. Um, that that's the kind of level of what it was then. You know when your games came on. An audio cassette, right? You'd put your your cassette in the cassette deck that was linked into your into your Vic Twenty or your Commodore sixty four computer, right? Um, and you'd you'd type run or whatever it was back then. You know, you'd hit play, <coughs> and then you'd go out for half an hour or you'd go and have your tea while the game was loading. And hopefully, by the time you got back, it was ready for you to play. It was that slow. It was that genuinely that slow. But I was anyway. So I was saying to this group of, of students that you will be getting devices now, phones and bits and pieces. But this was my first computer, this Commodore Vic 20. And then I, 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 I hit upon this with them and I'd done the maths earlier on that day. I said to this group of students, how many of these old computers from 40 years ago would I need to replicate purely just the memory of my current iPhone. This small device that slips into my back pocket, how many of these old computers would I need to replicate the memory of it? So I had some hands go up in the room. 20, 30, 100. Somebody went, a thousand. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're already quite far off. I would need, and hold on to your hats, everybody. I would need one hundred and two million four hundred thousand Commodore Vic Twenty computers to replicate the storage capacity of my iPhone that sits in my back pocket. And my iPhone is not even a top-of-the-range iPhone. It's not even the model that's got the most memory. It's got enough for my needs. Uh, 512 gig. 102 million machines. Now, for those of you that don't know what a Commodore VIC-20 looks like, Google it. But to give you a bit of an idea... Think about the keyboard. 
You know, if you get a keyboard for your for your desktop or laptop computer, one of those separate ones, one of those uh, wired or wireless, and it's your QWERTY keyboard on there. Imagine that, but injected with Botox, right? So it was it was chocolate box thickness, like a big tin of biscuits, but keyboard shaped. That's what you're dealing with. A hundred and two million. Yeah? I would need over six and a half million to replicate the capacity of my Apple Watch. That tiny little thing that sits on my wrist, I would have needed over six million of those old machines. And that's in the space of 40 years. Which really, really gets me thinking... What's going to happen in the next 40? Where's it going to go? Where is artificial intelligence going to take us? And I know we mentioned this last week, didn't we? You know, and if it's a driverless car that picks you up from Liverpool when you're drunk, I'm, I'm all on board with that. But it, it's kind of scary, isn't it? You know, how much data, capacity, information that we've got, how quickly things can calculate now. You know, I work in a place where they have supercomputers which can calculate in in minutes what would take normal um, desktop computers weeks and months to calculate. You know, it's 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 frightening. It's scary. It's hopeful at the same time. It's incredibly impressive and mind blowing all at once. So yeah, who knows. There's a little part of me that wants to retreat back to the woods of think and live with me fountain pen and me leather-bound notebook. Absolutely part of my brain wants to do that. On the subject of technology, I noticed there's a bit of a thing going on at the moment in terms of your password now. What I'm finding is there's a lot of people out there that use the same password for everything, you know, or password123 and some such nonsense. Now, even if you've got a really secure password, if it's if it's hacked on one particular website, what the fraudsters are doing now are using artificial intelligence, using systems. They're not sat there keying it in themselves. They will use your associated email address and that password they've hacked and they will try and log into literally every other website out there and they'll have computers lined up that will just hit go 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 every single website try and log in until it works on another site and if you're the sort of person that uses the same password for everything that's going to get you into a little bit of bother so let me give you a password tip right well there's a couple of tips here going on Right. Firstly, what you need to do is pick a middle part of your password. Okay. Now, this wants to be unique and to a degree random. And what they're suggesting these days is pick three random words. All right. So the three random words will make the basis of your password going forward. Now, what you can do with this is quite clever. Right, there is an app or website that you might be aware of called What Three Words. 
um, for geolocating, for, for mapping, for finding spaces. It's brilliant. If you're a walker, hiker, camper, you know, or, or, or have children and you want to say to them, you know, meet me at a certain place, the What Three Words app, which you can download for your phones and your devices, uh, divides the world up into meter by meter grids. And in each grid, it is given a unique three word combination. All right. So literally every spot on our globe has a three, a unique three word combination. All right. So it's, it's, it's even better than a postcode because it can literally drop you in a spot. Now, I was thinking about this, that being the case. If you take that as your basis of your password, now, don't use your front door, right? Because that's stupidly obvious. Pick a place that means something to you. It might be the place where you as a couple met, where you had your first date. It, you know, it might be a place of significance, significance to you, personally to you. So you go to your map and you find this spot in the world, right? It might be where you saw an amazing sunset or you had an amazing meal. You know, it could be anywhere like that. And that then becomes the basis of your three words. So that address becomes your three words, okay? And your password. Okay, now they're done. The what three words is word dot word dot word. Okay, so remove the dots. You're going to lump all these three words together as one big word. Then we're going to add another layer here because what you're going to now with those three words is take out those letters that sometimes resemble numbers. Like you see sometimes people use on car number plates. So E's become threes and I's become ones and S's become fives. You get the idea. So then your three words becomes a combination of letters and numbers. Got me so far? Brilliant. But now you're going to say, well, that's going to be the same password for every site that you go on to. Ah, no, it isn't. Because you're now going to make this absolutely unique for every site you go to. So, for example, Facebook password becomes F for Facebook your three words with numbers, and K, the first and last letters of Facebook. F, words, K. Twitter, T-R, I know it's called X, don't be pedantic. Right, you might shop at Sainsbury's. S, words, Y. You might like to buy clothes from Next. N, words, T. All you've got to remember is the bit in the middle. You don't need to remember the end bits, do you? Because that's the site that you're on. And that makes every single password absolutely unique. And it means that if a, a bot, an artificial intelligence program, a hacker, a fraudster, recognises one password in the system, because it'll be computer systems automated that does it, that then tries to put it into those other sites, remember... It's not going to work anywhere else. And it's just another, another level of security. So, if you're worried about your passwords now, if you're not quite sure whether they're up to snuff, 
whether you're worried about hacking and, and, and fraudsters and financial fraud and identity theft and stuff like that, get on your systems now, go to password reset and do that, okay? Get unchanged and make your lives more secure because trust me, guys, the criminals are out there and they want to do it. That's it for this week's episode, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you've enjoyed it, as always, give me a like, give me a a rating, give me a share, um, buy me a beer, forward me a hot dog, look at me kindly, smile as I pass by, beep your horns in your car. Um, (laughs) Do you know what? Sometimes I amaze myself with the amount of drivel that I speak. But that's enough because I'll be quite honest with you. I'm losing my voice. Um, So thank you for listening, guys. It's been a pleasure as always. Tune in next week. I look forward to speaking to you. Laters. Thank you for listening to the Wolfstag Podcast. I've been your host, Mike Jones. Production and editing has been by me, Mike Jones. The music you've been listening to is One Shot by Soundroll. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do like, rate, leave a comment. It really does help. So tell your friends as well. This has been a Wolfstag production for the Acast Creator Network.